Well, let's take our Bibles this morning as we continue our study through the book of Mark, and let's turn to Mark chapter 8 as we continue our march to the peak of the book in the end of chapter 8. Our text for this morning is verses 14 to 21. Mark writes under the influence of the Holy Spirit and they had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They said to to him, Twelve. When I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we tackle our passage this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your word. And we thank you that you have given it to us so that we might know you, otherwise we wouldn't. We thank you that you have given us your word in human language so that we can understand it and that you actually expect us to be able to understand it and therefore we can know about you for for certain. And so we thank you that we can now learn more about you, that we can learn what you want from us and we can be sure of it because you have revealed yourself in your word. So I pray that you would take your word, that it would go forth and that you would guard it, that nothing that is said that is untrue will be heard and that you will use it to mold your people into the image of your son to the glory of your grace in your name. Amen. I've told this story to several of you and my children will probably wince a little, but that's okay. I remember teaching my children the beginning of Genesis. And so, being a very serious father and being a very serious person, I went on to explain to them how God had created the world out of nothing. He simply spoke it into being. There was nothing that preexisted. There was nothing that he used to make the world. He didn't use sticks. He didn't use bricks. He didn't use trees. He didn't use anything. He simply created the world out of nothing. Satisfied with my deep theological teaching, I then proceeded to quiz them. What did God make the world out of? Sticks! Upon which I once again taught them very seriously how God had spoken the world out of nothing. He simply spoke and it existed. 
He didn't make it out of sticks. He didn't make it out of bricks. He didn't make it out of trees. And I once again said to them, of course, I have got them now. What did God make the universe out of? Bricks! At which point I stopped teaching. There are times where we teach and we understand that our pupils simply are not getting it. There seems to be like there is a, a blindness there. There's an inability to understand. They have not comprehended it. There's a bit of a dullness to their understanding. And really, as we go to our passage this morning, we're really dealing with exactly that problem, spiritual dullness. We have some disciples who are spiritually dull. They are not picking up on the spiritual truths. And in fact, if we remember what the book of Mark is started off with, we see Mark is a book of the gospel of the Son of God. And so from the very beginning of this book, Mark has been trying to demonstrate through Christ's life who he is, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah to come. He is the one that you must repent and believe in. And he wants you to understand who he is. And so everything that's been done so far, everything from the introduction of Christ from the Old Testament to his baptism to his miracles have been to demonstrate who Jesus Christ is. And we saw very clearly that in, in chapter 3, the Pharisees had rejected Christ and they said, actually, your, your miracles are done by Satan. And Jesus turned away and he started to narrow his circle. And his circle has been narrowing and narrowing. And so there are those who have ears to hear and they, they are able to understand the parables and they have them explained to them. And Jesus' inner circle is getting smaller as we go through the book of Mark. And it's about to get smaller because he's only giving spiritual truth to those who, will, who believe, those who are willing to listen, those who he has given ears to hear. And so as we've been going through chapter 8, we saw in, to our surprise that at the beginning of this chapter, that the, fourth, the feeding of the 4,000, that the Gentiles were actually eager to hear Christ. They were actually eager to, to be with him. They spent three days without food following him. But the other surprise that we're finding in this book is that those who were, who were God's covenant people, those people who God had given the most light were those who rejected him the most, those who were unwilling to see who he was. And no matter how much proof he gave them, they refused to believe that he was the son of God. They refused to believe that he was the Messiah. They refused to believe that they needed to believe in him. And they had hardened their hearts they had hardened their hearts to the point where they simply refused to listen to Christ, where they were, where Christ refused to give them any light, and eventually Christ abandoned them because they were spiritually blind. But as we come now down to our passage, we're still dealing with spiritual sight, and we're dealing with those who are, who are spiritually dull they're they're not really understanding the spiritual truth and these these people are in the inner circle of Christ these have the most advantage and the most teaching and yet they still seem to miss the spiritual truths that Christ is teaching and they're still still in their infancy to understand about who he is that Jesus is the son of God they're still having that they're still having questions they're still not quite there 
And this morning, as we go to our text, not only will we see the dullness of the disciples, and we will see that they will not understand Christ's truths, but we will really see three ways in which we can guard our faith and that we can have faith in Christ so that we won't be spiritually dull as well. And so this morning, as we go to our text, we'll see, first of all, that we need to be, have an alert faith. We need to have a properly focused faith, and we need to have a remembering faith. And so this morning, let's go to our text, and let's see what Mark has for us this morning under the Holy Spirit. So he starts, we start with an alert faith. It's a faith that needs to be watchful. He says in verse 814, and they had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. Now, first of all, I don't understand that. Who forgets to take food? You can leave, you can leave your coat behind, you can leave the bug spray, but food, that's essential. So for me, and these are men, so I don't understand how they would leave their food behind, but they did. But it is apparent that these men, that the disciples have gotten into the boat and they have left where they were on the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee. They have been, they have come back. They had just come back from the other side, from the Gentile territory. They came in. The first thing that they did was they were confronted by the Pharisees. The Pharisees are asking for a sign. They're challenging Christ. They don't, they're saying, you're not the Messiah. You're not who you claim to be. Give us a sign from heaven. And so after that confrontation, is they jump into the boat and they go to, they're leaving, verse 13 says, to the other side. Verse 22 tells us they end up in Gentile Bethsaida on the northeast side of the Sea of Galilee. So they're in the boat and it says they do not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. So the idea here is either they have just one loaf or more likely, it seems like they have pieces of bread, maybe left over from the feeding of the 4,000 that amounts to one loaf. So we have a problem. One loaf, 13 men. That's not going to go very far. It's not going to last them. Maybe it's a snack for each one of them. They don't have a lot of food. So it is apparent that this is on their mind, that they only have one loaf of bread. They should have thought of that before they got in the boat. So having got in the boat and forgotten the bread, Christ, it seems as if he is reading their minds, he knows what they're thinking, and he launches off that thought that's in their mind. There's one loaf of bread. And he says, and he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And so Christ is calling them to be alert in their faith. He says to them, First of all, he was giving orders to them. In other words, he, it's, it's either that he was giving this was one in a series of orders or he was repeating this order that he had taught before or, or was repeating to them again as they were in the boat. And he says he was saying to them, watch out, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. So these are two imperatives here. Here are two commands. In other words, these, these are things that they must do. These are not things that are going to happen without them actually participating and making a conscious decision. So he says, watch out, which calls for mental alertness. He says, in other words, be mentally alert. Be looking for this. And then he says, beware. Demands that we look attentively at the object called to their attention in order to avoid danger. In other words, be alert, be looking. And then when you see the danger, 
Keep an eye on it. Keep attentive. Keep watching it because there's danger here. Don't let it harm you. Keep looking at it. And so he says, I want you to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, what does that mean? What, what does he mean by the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod? Well, what is leaven, first of all? It's like yeast, right? Leaven was often made, I, I was reading about this, I found this interesting, is that they would take fruit and they would squish it with all of the, with all of the pulp and even sometimes the stem and then they would let it ferment and they would put it in a piece of dough and that fermenting would cause gases to go and it would cause the bread to rise. And that's really what yeast does. It breaks down, it gives off gas. <laughs> you want to eat bread now? But so it causes it to rise. Now, one thing we know about leaven is this. First of all, it doesn't take a lot of leaven to make a loaf rise, right? You don't put in three cups of flour and three cups of yeast, right? You just put a little bit. Number two, what we know about leaven is that it, 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 it influences all, the whole loaf. You don't have it go up on one side and the rest stays down, right? It goes through and it permeates the whole thing. You can't see it. It's subtle, but it influences everything. And one of the things that w with leaven is that it, 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 is, it, is, it, is, it, it really points to influence. It influences everything, right? So we had, and it's used in scripture that way as influence for, and it can be for good or bad, right? It's only used once in scripture for good. And Luke tells us that about the kingdom being the yeast of the kingdom. The idea is that it's spreading its influence, but for the rest of the time in scripture, yeast is used for something that is evil or wrong. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Paul writes, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? In other words, your boasting is sin. Your sin starts to what? Contaminate the whole rest of the church is really what he's saying. Now think about that. We don't often think about that, but he's saying your sin actually makes the church itself impure because your influence permeates the whole church. And so when he's saying here then is there is some leaven, there is something that the Pharisees and Herod are doing that is dangerous and influential on the disciples that they must watch for. Well, what is the leaven of the Pharisees? What is the leaven that they, were, that they were bringing? Well, the Pharisees were legalists. And they brought their teaching of legalism to Judaism, right? And so one of the things that, that, the, that the Pharisees would do, were, were doing then was that they were influencing people to stay away from Christ. You didn't need to believe in him. You didn't need to... He didn't need to believe in him you didn't need to come to him you didn't need to repent because you could be righteous on your own and so Matthew tells us that they understood that the, the leaven he was talking about was the teaching of the Pharisees and so the Pharisees were and Luke tells us they were hypocrites and so the leaven was their hypocrisy and their and their legalism as they taught that you didn't need Christ 
And so here's the Pharisees saying, listen, you can do it on your own. You don't need Christ. You don't need to believe in him. You're already good. You're already good. Remember, we're the covenant people of Christ. If you're a Jew, you're in. You don't need to believe in Christ. You don't need to come by faith. You simply have to obey the law. And so Jesus is saying, be careful that you don't allow their thinking to come into your thinking. That you are not carried away with their thinking. And then he talks about the, hero, uh, the, the leaven of Herod. But what does the leaven of Herod mean? After all, did Herod teach? What school did he go to? What school was he from? Well, I think Matthew tells us that it was the Sadducees. And it would seem that the leaven that the Herod, Herodians who were in in line with the Sadducees, were teaching was materialism, worldliness, and compromise with the world. They were liberal. And he says, listen, be careful of the Herodians who are for our Gentiles, who are bringing a Gentile influence, who want you to be materialistic, compromise with the world. In other words, that you are, you are, you are compromising with, with the, the love of the world and, and all of that what goes with that. And he says, be, be careful that that doesn't influence you because all of these influences you take you away from me. In other words, if you believe, if you get carried away with materialism and all of these things, they lead you from your dependence on Christ. They take you away from him. If you are legalistic and thinking you can earn your way and that you can somehow be pleasing to God on your own, it takes you away from Christ. And remember, the Pharisees were calling for a sign. Why? Because they were denying that Jesus was the Messiah. And he says, don't let them influence your thinking. Don't let them take you away from me. And so the challenge for us this morning is we need to be, do exactly what Christ says. We need to be alert of the influences that come into our lives. Whether it's legalism, like the Pharisees, whether it's worldliness, whatever that thing is that draws us away from Jesus Christ, we need to be aware of it. Nothing will make us more spiritually dull than putting ourselves under the influence of those things that draw us away from Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we are called to be those who are separated from the world, who come out from among them, he said, and be separate. We need to be careful that we are not allowing ourselves to be drawn away and somehow believing either in our own minds that we can please God through our works, that we can somehow we don't need Christ, but we can get there on our own. Or we need to be careful that we're not drawn out by the love of the world and that we are distracted and, are, and we are looking to the world for satisfaction. We are looking to the world for what we want and what we need. And in that, we become spiritually dull because we are not looking to Jesus Christ anymore. And so this morning, I challenge you, are you one who has an alert faith? Are you looking out? Are you aware of the things that are wrong? The Pharisees had false doctrine. Do we, are we looking, are we alert? Or are we just 
going along hoping everything will be okay. You will not be spiritually alert. You will not be spiritually discerning unless you are alert. And we will not have a, a, a faith that is working properly until we become alert. We need to guard our faith. Then we will not be spiritually blind because we have been what? Alert. Well, not only are we called to have an alert faith, but we are called to have a focused faith. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. Now we know this. What we're thinking or the context of our conversation often determines what we hear. Right? How often have you had a conversation with someone and they say a word that you don't think should be there and though you actually physically hear it, you're like, I, pardon me? It's like you don't understand it. And oftentimes what's in our mind is what, what we hear. I remember one time I was going to, to the rigs and I got instructions to go to the rig and they said, Go up Highway 14 and turn west. So I did that because in my mind, west was left. It happened to be east. And after 30 miles of traveling and realizing that I was approaching a different province, I realized that no, I had gone the wrong way. And so in my mind, I had I just thought that left was west, but west was not left, it was right. And so often that's how influences are thinking. And this is exactly what's going on with the disciples here. Remember, we've already heard in, in verse 14 that there was only one loaf of bread. There's only one loaf of bread. Now Jesus says to them, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. And they're like, oh, we don't have any bread. We don't have bread, Right. And, and they, are, they, are t they, they totally miss what Jesus is saying. They, are to they totally miss what he is, is trying to, to bring to them because they aren't focused on the spiritual, they are focused on the material. And they just totally miss it, right? Christ isn't saying don't buy bread from a Pharisee and don't buy bread from someone who's from the party of Herod. He's not saying that. But for them, they are so focused on the temporal and their needs and maybe even a little embarrassed that they're in this situation again. It says they began to discuss and the idea is they began to discuss and keep on discussing. And I can almost hear the discussion in the boat, can't you? I thought you were bringing the bread. Well, it's not my job, I'm the treasurer, right? <coughs> Did Thomas bring it? I doubt it right so it's like you can almost hear them talking to one another and saying hey why didn't you bring the bread oh no we're in this situation again right how could we forget bread where are we going to buy bread maybe they went there maybe where are we going to buy bread 
And so here they are, maybe blaming one another, maybe again in a panic because they don't know where they're going to get more bread. And they totally miss what Jesus was doing here. And again, their problem is, is that they are not spiritually minded. They are not spiritually minded at all. They're so busy worried about the temporal that they can't even see, even after all this time with Jesus, that Jesus is not so interested in the material as he is in the spiritual. Jesus is coming to offer eternal life. Jesus is teaching them spiritual lessons for what they'll need to do. And all they can think about is, what are we going to have for dinner? And this is embarrassing, again, because we don't have bread. And how are we going to get more bread? Why didn't you bring bread? And they totally miss the focus. Well, let's not be too hard on these guys. Because how often do we do the very same thing? We open the Word of God, we read it, and all we see is the material things that are promised to us. How often do we read the Word of God and we, we just totally really miss it all because our concerns are not what's written on the page, but something in our lives? We only have to look around, flick on your television and, and look, and you'll see this everywhere, right? By his stripes you are healed. Whew. Guess what? If I become a Christian, I'll get what? I'll get healed. My physical problems will be over. How often do we go to the word of God and, and, and instead of, of seeing the truths there, we just look for a solution to some problem that we have. Didn't like that scripture this morning. I was looking for something to make me feel good and it didn't do it at all for me, right? It's talking about sin. It's talking about self-sacrifice. I need something to help me with parenting, right? And we just totally miss what God's blessing is in the word of God. And that is exactly what has happened to the disciples here. They have lost focus. They're not focused on Christ. They're not focused on eternity. They're not focused on what is important. They're focused on the temporal. We too need to be careful that we don't do that. We need to pray that God will help us to look beyond the material and see the spiritual. We need to help him, ask him to help us lift our spiritual blindness that we might see what is truly important. Well, we need an alert faith. We need a focused faith. And then we need a remembering faith. Jesus responds to them, verse 17. <laughs> And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Now, you must think at this point that Jesus is, in some ways, on some level, wondering if they'll ever get it. They probably felt a little bit like 
He, he probably felt in a, in a much greater way than I did with my children, are they ever going to understand the truths that I'm giving to them? Will they comprehend it? And so he says, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? I didn't say anything about you having bread or eating. I said nothing about that at all. And yet, that's where you go. That's the first place that you turn to, bread. You've been me with, with me this long and you still don't perceive You've been with me this long. He says, do you not yet see? Do you yet not understand? And he's speaking not of physical eyes here, but of spiritual eyes. He says, don't you grasp and comprehend? Haven't you given it careful thought? Don't you have an intellectual grasp of what's going on here? Can't you see beyond the temporal? Can't you see beyond what is going on here? And then he says this. Do you have a hardened heart? Do you have a hardened heart? In other words, are you rebellious, spiritually insensitive, unable to understand the truth? Have you, basically, have you arrived at the point where you're insensitive because you have been around the truth, heard the truth, been exposed to it, and now it's just grown cold to you. It's just grown old to you. And now what used to pierce your heart doesn't pierce your heart. What used to move you doesn't move you anymore. Is the truth just bouncing off of you? Have you hardened your heart? Have you become essentially like the Pharisees? Have you become like an outsider where you have hardened your heart to the point where now when I give you spiritual truth, you don't hear? One of the dangers for us is to hear the truth of the word of God, to hear the truths of, of Jesus Christ and his glory and to become numb to them to the point where we stop being moved by them. We stop hearing them. We stop seeing them. They become mundane to us. Jesus says, have your heart been hardened? Have, have you let your heart become to the point where the truth no longer penetrates it. You are hardened. It's possible for us as believers to get to that point where we simply hear the truths of the word of God, but we are so spiritually dull, we're so spiritually unaware, so familiar with it, that we simply doesn't compute in us. It doesn't change us. It doesn't take our heart and grip it any longer. Pray that we never get there. And then he quotes Jeremiah 5.21. Having eyes you do not see and having ears you do not hear. In other words, again, speaking of the children of Israel, as they continually rejected God's way for them, continually did not follow after him, did not obey him. They were those who spiritually had eyes but could not see, ears that could not hear. And he says, you are just like the generation of Israel. Are you like them? Are you like them that you cannot hear? So he calls them and challenges them, hoping to spark in them an interest in spiritual things.
And then he says this, and do you remember? Now he calls on their memory. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? And they said to him, 12. When I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And basically Jesus says to them, listen, you're so worried about being fed. You're so worried about being hungry. You're so caught up in the temporal. Don't you remember that I just fed 5,000 with some loaves and I fed I fed 4,000 with seven loaves. Don't you think that I could feed you now? Don't you think that I can take care of you? And he says, why are you so caught up in this trivial stuff when you've just seen it all displayed in front of you? And then he's getting to this point too. Listen to this. Why do you think I fed the 5,000 and the 4,000? It wasn't just to be compassionate, though he was. It wasn't just to make sure that people got home. But he demonstrated creative power that only God can do. And he's saying, listen, don't you get the point of the miracles that I did for you? They are pointing to what? To me, that I am what? God, I am the Son of God. This is what I'm trying to show you. And so he says, I want you to remember who I am. I want you to remember what I've done. I want you to remember the miracles that I've demonstrated to you already that demonstrate who I am. And he says, in remembering that, your faith will be strengthened. In remembering that, you will know who I am. Remember my power. Remember what, who I am. And then he ends with this. And he said, was saying to them, Do you not yet understand? He's been kind of rebuking them here. But here I don't think he's rebuking them any longer. I think he's actually pleading with them. He's at this point now where he just says, Don't you understand? Don't you understand? Can't you see who I am? Doesn't it come to you? Can't you understand the truths that I'm giving to you? Matthew records that they did understand. Mark leaves it as a cliffhanger. Matthew tells us that he understood that he was, the leaven he was speaking of was the teaching of the Pharisees. But again, Jesus is saying, don't you understand? Don't you know who I am? Don't you understand the truths I'm giving to you? Last week, we saw that the Pharisees were hardened and God withdrew any light and he eventually abandoned them. But this week, we see that God is merciful to those who are spiritually dull. To those who are are his, those who are following him but maybe whose faith is a little unsettled yet unsettled belief maybe we could call it and Jesus gives them more light and in spite of their confusion and confide of their loss of focus 
He what? He explains it. He teaches it. He, he's the one who reveals the spiritual truth to them. And that's the graciousness of our God that he does not abandon his own. But he will continue as long as you are willing to give you light and he will open that light and he will open your eyes if you are willing to hear. And so this morning, let us not be like the disciples who are spiritually dull. Those who don't see spiritual truth let us be those who are alert, looking, making sure that we are not influenced by false teaching, by false ideas, by those who would deny Jesus as God. Let us be those who are not focused on temporal things, but on spiritual things. And then let us be those who remember his power and what he has done, who he is. And when we do that, we will have a strong faith. We will be those who will be pleasing to them, to him. We will be those who he can use, those who can receive spiritual truth and that we might know him more. I trust it is the desire of our heart that our eyes would be open, that our faith would be strong and that we would see more of Jesus and who he is. And really today, Jesus has done that for the disciples. He has given them spiritual truth he has focused them, and he has reminded them of who he is. Let us remember who Jesus is this morning. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your word. We thank you that you have put this ev events in our scriptures I pray that you would help us to be those who are spiritually alert. That we would be focused on you and remembering what you have done in your power. Lord, I pray that you would grant us spiritual insight. I pray that you would help us to be those who seek it. And may we be pleasing to you. And may we see Jesus for who he is. That we might love him, that we might worship him. And we might praise him all the more to the glory of your grace in your name. Amen.